Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. This week's story is The Evil of the Daleks. But first, let's pour up some whiskey and get to the whiskey of the week. Ding. All right, so this week we are drinking Widow Jane. I think it's their standard whiskey bourbon. Rather. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I apologize. Age 10 years. And... I know that I picked this up because it caught my eye being called Widow Jane. Mm -hmm. So it at least accomplishes having something about women involved. And then (laughs) very, very low standard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we're if we're like trying to clear like the lowest hurdle. Right. That would have been it. A woman. Right. Yeah. yeah, Something regarding it. But then I went and went to the friendly neighborhood Google Mm -hmm. and found out that the president and head distiller is also a woman. Is her name Jane? Is is she a widow? No. Well, I don't know that she is a widow. I (laughs) didn't look that deeply into her personal life. Um, But her name is Lisa Wicker. Okay. And uh, she actually comes from uh, the wine industry and moved over into the distilling industry. Interesting. Okay. Uh, So now this is from New York. Oh. And it's the water comes mm-hmm. from the mines okay. where all of the buildings you've seen in New York are built from, where they quarried ah. those. Oh, okay. The limestone okay. there. So it's like what built the, the the bricks of the Empire State Building are. Interesting. I believe. If it's not the Empire State Building, it's like those Something other ones. in New York. Yeah. Those big buildings that, that everybody yeah. knows about. That, that you know, that, re, that iconic, you know, the limestone yeah. buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun water source. Through a mine, no less. Um, So it should be interesting. All right, let's dig in. Yes, this is their signature bourbon. Hand-assembled in Brooklyn using the richest and rarest straight bourbons. All right, they're promising a whiskey unique in its intensity and complexity. Okay. Which, as we know, will probably be lost on me. But you know what? You know what? We're just going to pour it and see how it tastes and tell y'all if we like it or not. Cheers. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Not bottoms up. No, no. We don't know yet. It smells like a bourbon. Mm -hmm. Burns a little bit on the nose, but not too much. Mm -hmm. That means it's going to burn my tongue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. All right. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This is definitely on the rocks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go get some of that. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm still feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) Just immediately, uh uh, negative ghostwriter. Okay, so we've let it water down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's try it again. (sighs) Cheers. Oh, much more manageable. Still has a bite. I don't know if it's because I've been destroying my palate with like hot Cheetos in these last couple of days. Ah, yeah. But it's still kind of strong for me. Strong for you. Mm-hmm. I love it. The first time, I love it on the rocks. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely, um, I like it better on the rocks than I yeah. liked it yeah. neat. But I still didn't hate it neat. Mm-hmm. I can understand why you didn't like it, though. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it definitely. It was a lot. My immediate thought was like, oh, this is what it's like to put a jacket on, but through your insides. Yeah. <laughs> Which, as it sounds, is not necessarily a comfortable experience. Yeah, no. It doesn't sound <laughs> like I'll be lining up to do that anytime yeah, soon. But for me, it, was, it wasn't it was so uncomfortable that I didn't like it. It was right. like, it was, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, um, not here. Not here. Did not enjoy this. Sure. I, I mean, on that. the rocks, yes, it's better. But mm-hmm. yeah. ooh, neat. No, 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 no. Yeah, I can see that. It is 91 proof. Okay. Ooh. So not even like 
as strong as all that to like warrant such a big kick for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's probably because I also destroyed my tape. That's fair. Yeah. The ceiling of my tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was probably a mistake. They were good though. But like choices were made. Choices were made. It's fine. I'll try this again once my Next mouth recovers. Week. <laughs> Don't eat any hot Cheetos yeah. this week yeah, so that I'll we can see, do the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see if it, you know, if it helps, but mm-hmm. I don't know. So what do you give it this week? Ooh, dare I say I'm going to give it a 5.5. Five. What? That is very low. Yeah. I didn't really like it. I mean, it's a, it's very strong for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving it an eight. <laughs> You're like, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like blowing me away. Yeah. I like the, um, like the locate, like the fact that where it comes from. And I like all that. I, and I actually really like this bottle. Mm-hmm. There's something very bootlegger about it to me. Yeah. So yeah, I give it an eight, okay. but it's real good. Okay, okay. And I think I would really enjoy this one mixed. Yeah, I think so. Like in a cocktail, mm-hmm. for sure. Get something to like balance out some mm-hmm. of that like kick. The and kick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think I would really, really like it. Yeah. I agree. So let's uh, continue drinking this. Ooh. Or not. Jen may switch. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Doctor Who. Let's do it. All right. So this week we're discussing the evil of the Daleks. The last episode of season four. Woo-hoo-hoo! It ran from May 20th to July 1st of 1967. Things that happened during the run. May 22nd, Langston Hughes died. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, May 27th, Australians finally voted to include Aboriginal peoples in their census count. Damn. Okay. So, you know. You know, that happened. Finally. Finally. uh, Yeah, right. Actual Australians got counted in the Australian Mm -hmm. census, you know. Right. No biggie. No big deal. NBD. June 5th through the 10th is the Six-Day War. And this is one of the named parts of the Arab-Israeli wars of the time. Okay. Because there's, you know, a whole bunch since for the past 2,000 years. Right. And this is when Israel form, uh, actually occupies Golan Heights, the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, and the Sinai Peninsula. Oh, so is this, this where is we're like first, the, the first instance of, oh, the first like move, displacement, it's, I guess? It's not necessarily the first displacement, but it is a big one and it's a significant one because of the territories that they occupied. Got it. Because this includes Jerusalem. Got it. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, um, that's what I meant because I'm like, there was, yeah. there's definitely been the big talks one. of different displacements, so I'm wondering if this one looks like the is first a big, of big, the big, big one. one. Okay, yeah. okay. And it's one of those things where like Israel claimed Egypt started it, Egypt was like Israel started it. Who knows? Well. Well. <laughs> well. We can all have like our opinions on things, mm-hmm. but what is known is that Israel killed 15 international peacekeepers oh, from wow. India and Brazil Ooh. because they launched preemptive attacks. Oh, okay. Um, they also had an overwhelming victory because they obliterated Egyptian air forces. And um, at, by the end, and this is just at the time, like because of this situation, mm-hmm. uh, we have a, the displacement of. 280,000 to 325,000 Palestinians and 100,000 Syrians fled or were expelled. Great. Right. So this happens during the release of this episode. All right. Cool. Right. Some real shit's going down. Right. June 7th, Dorothy Parker died. Do you know who she is? No. Who's that? She's part of the Algonquin Club. Um, She was... Algonquin Club? Mm. Yeah. I'm not like super surprised you don't know about (laughs) these people. This is a very white thing. It's a very white thing. They were like a, a very early, like 1920s, like... Um, group of poets and writers and thinkers gotcha. because like they can't like you know because they're wealthy and uh, mm-hmm. don't have anything else to do with their time so they mm-hmm. can which like except Dorothy Parker was involved she was very involved with like the New York Times and she was a satirist and like very big deal like mm-hmm. she was really powerful in her time especially as a female writer June 12th mm-hmm. Loving versus Virginia Hmm. where all U.S. states' laws which prohibit interracial marriages are unconstitutional. Hmm, nice. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Who knows for how much longer we'll have that. Yeah. Full circle. <sighs> it's really depressing. It is really depressing. <laughs> Goddamn. June 13th, President Lyndon B. Johnson nominates Thurgood Marshall to be the first black justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. So, you know. Things are happening. Things are happening. Mm-hmm. June 29th, Jane Mansfield died. 
And I really like Jane's, Jane Mansfield. She often gets forgotten and overlooked because of Marilyn Monroe. They filled a similar niche mm. in the movie industry at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like Marilyn, Jane was incredibly intelligent and died as a victim of the industry, just okay. like Marilyn Monroe. There's a really famous photo of Sophia Loren looking at Jane Mansfield's um, nipples because mm-hmm. they're like spilling out of her dress uh-huh. at like the Oscars one year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> Uh, this story was written by David Whitaker and directed by Derek Martinus. The story editor was Jerry Davis, like it has been, mm-hmm. but we also have Peter Bryant. And our producer is Ennis Lloyd and Peter Bryant. Peter Bryant. Do any of those name mean anything to you? Some of them. Some of them. Some of them do. Yeah. Wait, Peter Bryant, where do we know him from? He was a associate helper on the last episode. The last episode. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Any of the other ones stick out well, to David you? David Whitaker. I yeah. mean, obviously, like, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dalek David? Yeah. Yes, Dalek Dave. Yeah, so, you know, like you said, OG script editor, one of the Dalek gang, wrote The Crusade, The Power of the Daleks. Um, he was actually one of the first, he was the, not actually one of, he was the first person to novelize Doctor Who serials in 1964. And was planning the novelization of The Evil of the Daleks when he died in 1980. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Derek Martinus. Does that name ring a bell? Slightly. Directed Galaxy 4, Mission to the Unknown, and The Tenth Planet. Okay. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Martinus believed that the Daleks had to be shot very carefully and from exactly the right angle. If you shoot them without care, they do look rather tame and ordinary. That's right. So he really, I like it when we get people who like care about how it's shot instead yeah. of just like, I'm going to do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Davis, he is heading on out. Peacing out this episode? Definitely phasing out. I, don't, I can't remember exactly if this is his like last last, okay. but we're definitely transitioning Jerry Davis out and gotcha. new blood in. Gotcha. Um, but as he's heading out, let's remember that he created Jamie and is uh, one of the co-founders of the Cybermen. So he definitely kind of has left an impact on the world of Who. Right. And in 1989, he teamed up with Terry Nation, Dalek Daddy himself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) to make an unsuccessful bid to take over Doctor Who and reformat it for America. Oh, wow. So the show was canceled in like 88. Okay. And... So they were trying to take it to America in 89 and like, thank fucking Jesus that failed because that would have been the worst. <laughs> Just Americanized like, it. what science fiction from the 90s would the, actually it would have been pretty good. Pretty it would have been pretty interesting. Pretty it still would have been really great probably, except it would have been awful. Um, yeah. I, we would, we would have loved it anyway, but it would have been Wishbone. <laughs> yeah, but that's not time. Yeah, no. Um... And then we have Peter Bryant popping up to help. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been sneaking around as an associate producer in The Faceless Ones mm-hmm. and Story Associates, but we're going to definitely see more of him as we move forward. Okay. Now, over in the green room, mm-hmm. we have John Bailey. I grew up a kid named John Bailey. Hmm. Not uh, the same one. <laughs> not the same. Definitely not the same one. No, no, no. He played Edward Waterfield. Okay. And he was also in The Censorites. He was a prolific actor of stage and screen of high-profile BBC TV and other films. Oh, fancy. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, like, look at the character he played. I mean, yeah. yeah. Hoity-toity. Yes. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and then we have, hmm, I wonder if he pronounces his name Marius or Marius, hmm. but Marius Goring, mm-hmm. who played Maxtable, the crazy scientist guy. Right. Mm-hmm. which like you know how we're gonna feel about that right his mom to tie it back to an early episode his mom was a suffragette as in like let's get crunk for the and cause it up yeah mm-hmm. um so his mom was a suffragette okay and his dad wrote the english convict hmm. do you know that no book okay so the english convict a statistical study was and I pulled this straight from Wikipedia because there's no part about this that it would register, like stick in my brain. Okay. is one of the most comprehensive criminological works of its time. It was published in 1913 and set out to establish whether there were any significant physical or mental abnormalities among the criminal classes that set them apart from ordinary men. Hmm. So this was definitely a time of like where science was exploring whether eugenics was real or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where people legitimately thought that 
potentially we have genetic predisposition to criminal activity or whatever. And so he did a big study into that. Mm -hmm. And that's called the English convict. And it's apparently a real big fucking deal. Okay. Um, But back to Goring... In 1992, he unsuccessfully sought to end the restriction of the sale of radio and television programs to apartheid South Africa uh, when he was like 86. Oh, wow. And stressed that he opposed apartheid and would not perform for segregated audiences. He argued that the ban was depriving actors of work and stated that he wished to stage a production of the play She Stoops to Conquer with an all-black cast in South Africa. During World War II, he was put on a Nazi hit list because of his radio broadcasts. Great. He was engaged to the sister of the wife of Alec Guinness, like OG Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. And but then she contracted encephalitis and was left brain damaged. And even though he still wanted her to marry her, his dad's her dad said no, because like that's tough. Right. And he does the voiceover work at the Sound and Light show performed at the Blue Mosque in Istanbul. Interesting. So like kind of a cool dude. Yeah. For playing a not cool dude. Right. And speaking of not cool moves, but a cool person, Sony Caldenez played Kemmel who I'm sure we're going to talk about. Right. He was from Trinidad. Okay. So just so that we know who, who he actually who is. he actually is, right. And, you know, he played characters that were available to him at the time. Right. Including characters called the Nubian. Huh. You know. Okay. But it is what I thought was interesting from his whole bio that he, um, so he died in 2022. Oh, in, sure. Uh, April, tw- uh, April 12th. Oh, wow. He died on his personal campsite in La Push, Washington. And I just... Like the fact that he was just an old dude chilling on a campsite. Mm-hmm. Personal campsite. On your personal campsite. Like, what does mm-hmm. that even mean? I don't know. Your own spot. That's Several acres of land and, like, instead of building a house, you, like, have an extensive campsite. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, like, rent out? Like, do you have one, like, in a campground? In a cabin? Like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, are you in a cabin? Are you in a tent? Like, like yeah. I'm, I'm is this a cabin? It's such a, a lavish house. <laughs> yeah, it's such a know? generic statement, that, yeah. but, like, unusual. Yeah, it's, he died peacefully. Like you could uh, I feel it, you know. Out of all the ways he could yeah. have died, this was this was a way to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. peaceful. Production notes for this one. This was initially designed to be the send off of the Daleks. So big, big bye bye to the Daleks and Doctor okay. Who because, and this might come as a shock considering we already low key brought it up. Nation wanted to repackage them and send them to America, right? And we actually are going to see them again for a hot minute. Hmm. Okay, like they they. They they said bye bye. They're gone. Yeah, it's gonna be a minute. Yeah. So the only episode existing is episode two. Okay. Out of the serial, and I watched the original. I watched the animation for everything else, but I watched the original episode for episode two. Okay. Um, Episodes one to six were wiped in August of '68, and episode seven was wiped uh, September of '69. And we only have episode two because of a tele recording found in a car boot sale, which for us is you know. A trunk show, a trunk, trunk show. Yeah. Damn. What are the in, odds? In uh, 1987. Yeah. What are the odds? That's the thing about Doctor Who episodes. Like you just never know where they're going to show where up. Where they're going to show yeah, up. Yeah, some of them have shown up in really funky places. Trunk like show. a trunk show. Yeah, a trunk <laughs> show. Yeah. This one also features the only rerun we've had in Doctor Who so far, hmm. because in 1968, when Wimbledon was on the BBC, this show, this episode was used to fill time slots mm-hmm. since shows were on hiatus for the competition. Oh, and so they okay. reshowed these, and it's literally the only time where a repeat was done in the 60s, other than the whole like the first episode was shown the day that JFK was shot. Yeah, that's interesting. And the reanimation was debuted on October 30th of 2021, so it's actually pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, this is the first time I've seen it. Yeah. And in 2006, the BBC and the Terry Nation Estate licensed a charity stage version of this story. Which, if anybody knows how to find, mm-hmm. I want to watch right. the stage show <laughs> of this. It was adapted and directed by Nick Scoville, who also starred as the Doctor in the show, not in the mm-hmm. in the stage, not mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. First impressions. First impressions is what you you answered my main question was like okay so is this it for the Daleks is this where the Daleks like for me I kind of felt like it wasn't the end like it was mm-hmm. a good wrap you know like a good bow to put on it but I'm yeah. gonna be very curious to see how they bring it back and how mm-hmm. they tie it in or if they mm-hmm. do because that's also or if they possible just say yeah fuck it, it we're just gonna do yeah. it right but that was my main my first question. How is this going to go down? Yeah. Right? Like, how is this it? Like, mm-hmm. 
I didn't want it to be it because I felt like a lot of people don't know Classic Who. So for Daleks to be a big thing from solely Classic Who, I just didn't make sense right, to me. Yeah. But overall, I did enjoy, obviously, the animation. I didn't really, I didn't watch the... That's uh, okay. It's... Didn't do that. Didn't do that. Uh, it, this was seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, when we're coming off of four. So, you know, yeah. it was a little bit more of a, of a, of a longer episode. But... I I can't say like I enjoyed it, you mm-hmm. know. It's not like a favorite. I think it's it's a good way to wrap up the Daleks. Let's say let's just sure. say that mm-hmm. part of it for me, I think, is that I know that I have a a nostalgia kick for this episode, mm-hmm. and part of the reason I think mm-hmm. is because, like I've said basically throughout this whole se- run of missing episodes mm-hmm. i literally have not seen any of these reconstructions before mm-hmm. and so when i was watching it initially i would have been doing telesnaps telesnap 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 oh god yeah. and then finally i got an extant episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think it stuck in my brain more mm-hmm. and for that episode to have been episode two where you get victoria and you get like jamie where like and all that st- mm-hmm. like it and so i i I remember this episode in particular watching it. Mm -hmm. And I remember liking it at the time. Mm -hmm. And I still don't dislike it. Mm -hmm. It's not like my favorite of all time, but there's nothing about it I dislike. Right. Uh, Same. I like the Daleks. I actually even like the... Again, I'm not like pleased with the trope of the mad scientist, but this time I think they actually did it kind of well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not like displeased with him mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Waterfield characters. We'll see what happens, how we feel about Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie In was a great. Episodes. Yeah, Jamie was great. The doctor was great. It's a good episode. I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Diana didn't write a brief synopsis. Does Jen want to do a brief synopsis? Fuck. Oh, this is a lot of pressure. Brief synopsis. Enter gang sans TARDIS. An evil dude gets the TARDIS and lures the gang to come and retrieve the TARDIS. But lo and behold, it's the Daleks. They're here to finally fuck shit up. They get implanted with human consciousness and it backfires because people are critical thinkers. (laughs) Sometimes. In this case, it worked out for the critical thinkers. There was a rebellion and the Daleks died. The end. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, and we have a new companion. Enter yeah. Victoria. Ah, uh, yeah. Victoria. <laughs> it was good. I'm impressed. <laughs> I think that's a perfect segue into TARDIS points. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a short one. Okay, um, so Jen, what are TARDIS points? TARDIS, terrifically. Oh, I like had a moment of like, oh my god! I saw them like mini stroke, like no. Okay, terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. Yeah, so it's where we uh, rank the characters where there it's critical points, but Mm -hmm. technically they don't matter. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the Doctor. Before I talk about the Doctor, I'll talk about the Doctor and Jamie because I was looking forward to a Doctor a buddy Jamie rock comedy, yeah, like a yeah, buddy, same. like co- companion, yeah. uh, just solo episode with yeah. Jamie because they do have like a really interesting dynamic, but it did not turn out that way. Like, full like episode of rush hour, <laughs> right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, Jamie found a girlfriend and got so like caught up in this. Then he turns into a science experiment, and then the doctor's out here, you know, implanting consciousnesses, consciousnesses in Dalek. Consciousness. 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 A conscious. Multiple consciousnesses. Conscious. Yeah, I think that is the plural. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with it. Into the Daleks. (laughs) Into the Daleks. So I, you know, I was a little bit sad about that because I was looking forward to just kind of seeing them interact more just Mm. on a solo basis same but we didn't get that um the doctor at some point you know i loved how off the bat he was just so observant Mm -hmm. with things and we've kind of always discussed how he plays the dumb or dumbs himself down but at the Mm -hmm. end he's actually like calculating things in Mm -hmm. his brain in this installment there was a part where i didn't 
really know if he was joking or if he was like pretending yeah. to do that or he really was doing it. And I think it was a part where the TARDIS was uh, being he- held hostage mm-hmm. and the Daleks were like, you're going to fucking help us run this experiment mm-hmm. and you're going to do it. And uh, there was a point there when I was really like, is like the doctor's turning on Jamie for the TARDIS. Right, right. Yeah. Like, is this is this how this is about to go yeah. down, you no. know? But in fact, he just trusts Jamie that much. That much, you know? And that was the beautiful part about this. I had my doubts, but at, in the end, the doctor pulled through. And I did too. I sure did too. And I mm-hmm. think that they played that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I definitely was like, um, I know the doctor's not about to betray Jamie. Right. But I'm feeling him a heart of hearts that yeah. he might be be- betraying Jamie. For the TARDIS? I could see mm-hmm. for the... It, right. Only for the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I even would have to be like, I almost like can empathize. Right. Because you're home, you're That's like, it's a shitty you know. move. It's a shitty dick move. But like, if you're going to lose the TARDIS, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's powerful. It's a thing. It's right. A, right. That's, that's your Jamie. key. Yeah. yeah. I hate it. But I can like, find another Jamie. one of you. <laughs> yeah. In uh, another planet. Uh, another like, universe. I, I can save you once I have the TARDIS. I cannot save the TARDIS once I have you. Right. Like, exactly. The, if I figure the power out how to balance, get to the correct. Yeah. Uh, the power balance is a little different there. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how's Jamie taking the doctor anywhere? Right. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, very worried for Jamie in the doc- yeah. in my notes on the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. 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 Mm-hmm. He's still a sarcastic asshole. Very much and so. I love it. Very much so. Also his you really I really felt his presence on the fourth cuz literally the fourth episode I'm like is this his vacant episode? Mm-hmm. He appears 11 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like my, it's halfway through the episode. I think this might be his vacay episode. And uh, oh yeah, I have no notes for episode four. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the contrast between his relationship with Jamie and Hartnell's relationship with Stephen. Mm-hmm. There was an episode three. There was a point. There was a part where the doctor was explaining, like taking the time to explain things to Jamie. Yeah, like really breaking it down for him so he could understand Mm -hmm. and in my notes i was like wow this is so different and so stark because the first doctor would have been like you're just too stupid why why are you dumb like no i'm not even just just do what i say and don't question it you know you have two eyes and two ears what do you mean you can't understand right right like can't you see what's going on um so i really liked seeing just that more nurturing side of this doctor Mm mm-hmm um, although it's it's very much on brand with who this doctor is and what his relationship yeah. has been like mm-hmm. with Jamie. Mm-hmm. But it's just very interesting to see, like, going back to the whole idea of, like, is this the same person or is this, like, right. a regeneration of the person, mm-hmm. you know? It goes back to that idea, too, like, uh, is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. if this is, then you just... You know, Doctor didn't really like Jamie Pierce. I mean, uh, Stephen. Period. You know, like it was just. Oh no, I I fully live in that camp that the Doctor did not like Stephen. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was a uh, respect, but that whole sense that there, you know, there those people that like, you don't know why you don't like them, but it's just whenever you're in the same room, mm-hmm. like it just conversation doesn't work right. What right. you lay down is not received correctly, right. and vice versa. Right. And you just can't get on. Right. I feel like that's probably right. What happened with Stephen and the doctor? Mm-hmm. In addition, Stephen was dumb mm-hmm. and didn't mm-hmm. stand up for himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the doctor. Yeah, to everybody else, fine. I'll be dying of you know a slight cold, mm-hmm. but rave on about moral values. Right. But the second the doctor gives him a hard time, but because Jamie's always putting, I even remember talking in that episode where I would have been fine with it if it hadn't been like zero to one hundred and eighty. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's always kind of like. Mm-hmm giving it an effort mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he's always trying and i feel like St- steven was going along for the ride right jamie's going along for the ride and putting in the extra effort right he's like if i'm gonna be here let's I'm do gonna it i'm gonna do it yeah i'm gonna be involved yeah no for sure mm-hmm. um i also liked just seeing the way in episode five, the doctor mm-hmm. reminded me a lot about the nuns in The Sound of Music, where they were just, like, being distractions, yes, you know, yes. for something that was happening. So, I, yeah. like, that's something that I was, like, very He's much He's very that. much the bitchy nun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very much. Yes. The Sister Margareta. Yes. <laughs> that is the second doc- that To me, they're like brother and sister, like separated at birth. Right. She doesn't know that she's not actually from Earth. She's right, just right, right. hiding out in the, in some nunnery. <laughs> in a in nunnery like, in Austria. In Austria. Yeah. Uh, and the line that he said that humans are always within reach of other humans was very interesting. Hmm. Because, like I told you, I've, I've been reading this book, right, The Sapiens, mm-hmm. and it really just talks about that. Like, I'm at the point right now where we're talking about wheat and how oh, wheat yeah. domesticated human beings, not yeah. the other way around. Right. You know? Humans are domesticated, time, yeah. Yeah. That, and that by the time we realized that, hey, actually growing our food in one spot doesn't really work, we were too far gone to really remember what it was like to, like, forage and search for our food and be more yeah. nomadic yeah that quote that quote just really resonated with me because of what i'm reading yeah and just it's true you know mm-hmm. like the people human beings are their worst enemy absolutely yeah like we can create beautiful things but we also can bring in our own destruction as mm-hmm. we're seeing currently so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'll get off my soapbox <laughs> as if <laughs> it was i thought it was interesting that considering that this was designed to be like a Dalek-y goodbye heavy episode mm-hmm. that what they also added at the end was a lot of doctor lore mm-hmm. we got a lot of like drops on like oh i would take you back to my planet if i could mm-hmm. he's not a human he, he's a he's a not a homo sapien not a homo sapien not a homo anything mm-hmm. so i i want the footage Mm-hmm. from this episode because mm-hmm. it'll take the it's the new first doctor inside the dalek suit is when the second doctor went for a ride on the daleks yes that oh my <laughs> god i was gonna talk about that he's so joyful how so cute joyful was that yeah. i mean i'm gonna i i want a dalek to go with our like little guy action figure and i will like just ride around <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll get like museum putties so it won't like damage them or anything mm-hmm. and just like on the front of the Dalek. And that'll just, <laughs> and that'll just be our mascot from now on because mm-hmm. that was the cutest thing I've it ever seen. It was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. I liked that he knew from the jump that the human factor would spell the end of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. That the set, that like once we realized that like this whole thing was because he knew that a Dalek is not a Dalek once you involve critical thinking, mm-hmm. you know, once you involve empathy and like mm-hmm. curiosity mm-hmm. even. And so I did appreciate that that's part of that like storyline. And that's why we felt so confused on what was happening mm-hmm. was because his implicit faith in Jamie and his total understanding that the human factor was going to corrupt the Dalek mm-hmm. and be a powerful thing for them, but not in a way that they would understand. Mm-hmm. And that it was going to ruin their plans. Mm-hmm. So for them, it was a critical fail, even right. though in reality, like a human Dalek, like hybrid is like terrifying. Very because, terrifying. Because that seems like a really that's scary like a enemy. Cyberman. Yeah, that's a scary enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But I did like the cute little Daleks. They were cute. They were cute. They were very cute. Oh, I did also like uh, his very obvious reverse psychology on Jamie. Mm-hmm. The... We don't care about the young woman who is locked right. with the scientist. No, Jamie, you should stay here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course, it's not. While he opens the window and like right. points out the portrait, right? And, like, <laughs> wafts him with pheromones of her pheromones and just like <laughs> hands him the string and says, "Follow don't the string." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what do you give the doctor? The doctor this episode, I'm going to give him a seven. Ooh. Yeah. I'm feeling that. I was going to give him like a 7.5. Mm-hmm. Um, strong showing yeah. from the doctor. Not yeah. mad at him. No, uh, not at all. Definitely a good backbone mm-hmm. for this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Giving it good. Okay. So let's talk about Jamie. Let's talk about Jamie. Jamie. Mr. Loverboy. Man, just every episode, right? Every episode, just girlfriends falling in left, love. right, and center, falling in love. But I did appreciate though that, despite the fact that we did not get a solo episode with just him and the doctor, like we really got to explore explore Jamie's characteristic and the mm-hmm. way that he is, and really just got to see, I guess, got to see that more lovable nature that the doctor loves, mm-hmm. and why we know that the doctor loves that, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. 
And just the fact that he, I think that he is a, let me just put a little bit more of this in here. No, let me not do it over there. Thank you. I think that he is a good companion. I really think that yeah. out of all the companions, he's a good companion mm-hmm. because he's not dumb. Mm-hmm. He encourages the doctor, um, makes points and builds with the doctor, you know, yeah. provides ideas and, and helps execute those ideas. He does push back. He mm-hmm. is a critical thinker, mm-hmm. despite him not being from the same time He's frame. ignorant. He's not dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As he learns... Mm-hmm. It's not like he said it. The, our, to, if we're going to keep comparing him to Stephen, the problem with Stephen was he was supposed to be a fighter pilot from the future. Right. And was like, you know, I don't know how to hold a pencil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie is like, maybe I'm from the past, but like, if you give me like two seconds and explain I'll it, learn, like, yeah. I may not actually understand what's going on, but uh, I can cope with the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. I can understand what's happening, even right. if I don't understand right. what's happening. Context clues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like him for that reason as well. Very much so. So I did enjoy that aspect of just seeing him develop in that sense. And just playing on his his showing of him being a warrior and very much having mm-hmm. this like warrior soldier soldier vibe mm-hmm. in the sense of like the duty, a duty of like yeah. rescuing people and duty of care, sure, duty of care. Yeah. Um, so I did enjoy that that characteristic was able to be a little bit more teased out in this mm-hmm. episode. And he really got to be challenged and pushed because although the doctor who is someone that we know that he respects and admires is telling him to do something, he was like, no, fuck you do. Yeah. Like you're being really fucking dumb right now. And yeah. you're being, I don't know who you are, yeah. but I am not this and I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be steadfast in my morals. And unlike when we saw that morality come out of Steven, just randomly, like this was well played. Right. Because we kind of know already mm-hmm. that Jamie is very much a person that sees life and it's black or white. Yeah. There's really no gray area right. for him. Yeah, he's going to do what's right. Exactly. He's all, he's always going to try to be on the side of what he thinks is justice. Mm-hmm. And also just, I wasn't, I forget if this is Jamie's first encounter with the Daleks. I think it might be because... I don't think, I think it was a Cyberman who we saw him recently with, right? And it's the faceless ones, the macrobarca, the macrobarca, whatever, the underwater <laughs> man is. No, no, no. We're not going to just skip over that. The macrobacra? The macrobacra, whatever, the Highlander. Yeah, this is yeah, his this first, is first Dalek, Dalek episode. episode. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, even though it was his first Dalek episode, he also kind of seemed to just catch on really quickly mm-hmm. and was able to really just observe like oh these Daleks aren't fucking around like they mm-hmm. look like machines and they seem very harmless but like they're not fucking around right. they will fuck you up you mm-hmm. know so I did like that I mean him and K- and Kamal, um, Kamal the way their kind of interaction right like bless them that bless them but also like why was Kamal silent <laughs> yeah like and, and, and why did he have to die like that you know like yeah <laughs> I We'll get to him. Unfortunately, like I hate that he's going to just be reduced to a point in like our story score, but mm-hmm. like also like minus points for the use of that character mm-hmm. because we're watching in 22 and we can fuck you. Right. But I did really like that the second that Kemal was in like a place of like being on the back foot that Jamie realized like neither of us actually want the, that the understanding happened and that mm-hmm. his base, his first reaction was to ask him what his name was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that even if the... Sh- and the irony of the fact that the show can't fucking see that they're using a character to try and humanize Kemmel, where the show in as a whole is dehumanizing right. him, is right. beyond belief. <laughs> I just don't even understand how we can right. do that. That's like right. J.K. Rowling acting like she's never read her own books. <laughs> like it, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't quite understand how right. you can see the problem and miss the point, mm-hmm. but. I am appreciative that Jamie was used to see the problem. Right. Um, I do like that for his character, especially him coming from the past, mm-hmm. where you wouldn't ex- necessarily expect that out of the character. Yeah, and I liked his whole fight scene in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it was against Kemmel, like, it was a great fight scene. It's a good fight scene. It was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. that whole yeah, scenario very of Jamie. Yeah, so. 
Very much so. I did like in the beginning when they first go to the antique shop, mm-hmm. immediately the doctors figured out pretty much what's going on as soon as he starts looking at the quote unquote antiques. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that he's also surprised because Jamie figures it out by himself as well. Right. That it says antiques, but these look brand new. Mm-hmm. 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 And that when the doctor's like, oh, you noticed that? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Duh. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dumb. Right, right, right. I can see. (laughs) I know the difference between new and old. Right, right, right. Um, This is shit around my time period, too. So, like, I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from my life. Right. (laughs) I used this the other day. Yeah. (laughs) This is newer than the one on my kitchen table. Right. So, like, let's go. This is the latest edition, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I liked that they gave him that kind of agency to Mm -hmm. have it figured out and to surprise the doctor. Right. Which is why I really liked when the doctor showed the trust in Jamie's, like, humanity. Mm -hmm. Does it hinge a little bit too much, in my personal taste, on chauvinism? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to do? That is what it is. And Mm -hmm. I don't particularly like it but um very apt for the time period and especially since we're looking at a victorian character and a 18th century character right like i don't know how you're gonna escape it so i guess it is on point for like the time period like Mm-hmm. that stuff i just don't like it mm-hmm. i also like that in the very last episode when they're talking about when we're finally finding out that the scientist's like intent was like alchemy mm-hmm. that jamie was even like what the fuck are you on bro right alchemy you want to turn lead into gold? Mm-hmm. Really, dude? Mm-hmm. You aren't you aren't you supposed to be the educated one on the room? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I liked that as well because <laughs> alchemy is silly. Alchemy is interesting, but it's silly. <laughs> so what are we thinking about Jamie? I think I'm also going to give him like a seven. Mm. Yeah, I think him and the doctor. I think him and the doctor together would have been mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But I think they both on their own were also good mm-hmm. independently, but not stellar. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna kind of follow your lead and say seven and a half, seven point five mm-hmm. for almost the exact same reasons. Like they were definitely it was like they did the buddy comedy, but where they were never on screen together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was still really fun, and I liked the way they developed the character in terms of like his sense of humanity and the fact that he's an intelligent person. But it was you know it was about the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Now cats out of the bag. We got a new companion. Right. So uh, how do we feel about Victoria? I don't know. I mean, she was the the maiden in distress this episode. So you think I think mean, she's going to live up to her namesake and be like Vicky? I don't know. It's too early to it's tell. It's too early to tell. Mm-hmm. Coming out of Victorian era, straight out, I mean, like, and let's be real, she's probably supposed to be like 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at her mm-hmm. for the way that she dealt with herself in this episode yeah this would have been traumatizing right 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 and she has not been taught how to do anything other than like sit nicely tilt your head the right way and embroider Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know i'll have to see Mm -hmm. next episode to get to have more thoughts on her i don't feel great i feel like it's basically set up especially because it's such a good excuse for her not to not be able to do anything Mm mm-hmm because she really would have been raised to speak French, play the piano, embroider. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily, like, I think that she'll probably be a good excuse to be that kind of a character, especially in this story. She just, I mean, like, it's, when they were like, hey, pack up, and she put her stuff in a box and it was like two hairbrushes. Mm-hmm. And like, that's all, that's what you got, girl? That's right. what you're going to give her? Okay. All right. In the, in the jail cell, that's mm-hmm. what all we gave her is two hairbrushes. Mm-hmm. That's what her personal possessions are. I did. Like her relationship with her and Kemal, mm-hmm. it felt very um a little princess. Yeah, very much so. Until he died and she was like, oh no. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. that sucks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. that I was like, we could have given him a, a little bit a more better, space. Yeah, we could have exactly. given him some more space for mm-hmm. her because they were too- It seemed like they were friends. Yeah, like in that whole sense that like in- um comics you can have like one of the staff and like the princess like be friends because mm-hmm. they both feel victimized but like the mm-hmm. princess has no a fucking clue what she's talking right. about mm-hmm. felt very that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i would have been down for it if she had been sad when he died right 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 
especially with the it's not like he died in a soft gentle way even Mm -hmm. like he didn't even get like stabbed or like shot where he could like die in somebody's arms he was he just fell like acme just off like fell Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -mm. Mm -mm. so what do you give her for this episode we're oh we're rating her yeah she technically had an episode five yeah (laughs) she would be like for a three or a four but i'm gonna give her points for being friends with kemmel right because he was really the star of the episode (laughs) he was all right so the big question Mm -hmm. is who's the bad guy so the obvious one is the daleks right obviously but i would have to say uh um not camel (laughs) maxible i know right max maxible the Mm. the mad scientist and i think to a certain point waterfield because they had this very interesting back and forth Mm -hmm. about like the the reason why maxible was going along with this whole thing was because he wanted to get the knowledge to turn shit into gold like that is it right yeah and he did not care who he got into bed with right. so and what they were doing so long as in the end he had he got his, his own thing reward yeah. right maxible obviously went along with it because he was under duress he was coerced right his daughter was there yeah but then also the, at the beginning the doctor pointed out like bro you were far gone like all of a sudden you have a conscious yeah. you were far gone the moment your daughter disappeared right. so like don't come at me with like oh my yeah. god i didn't know if this is going to be that bad no yeah. no you knew you know mm-hmm. you just were doing you made a choice mm-hmm. choices were made mm-hmm. so the the back and forth between maxible and and waterfield the whole the whole sense of like um then talking about having responsibility and then just be, him being like well there's no way that people can this can come back to us like there's yeah. no way a court of law or ever right. yeah. say that we did this because we didn't you know right um and then there's the what when uh, Waterfield said, you know, the silent partners who stand by and do nothing, very mm-hmm. much like you know the book about the rabbit and how everyone came mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. how they came for every animal and finally the rabbit was come for no one, you know, defended them. So very much it was a teaching of reflecting back, and I think it really tied in the general the inspiration for the Daleks mm-hmm. and it inspire and like the basing them off of the Nazis, and then just showing how being complacent with something that is this evil for different reasons yeah. can also lead to the same result, and you're also kind of in the same boat as the person. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would say more maxable than Waterfield, but Waterfield definitely does not have his hands. But he's like junior. Yeah. Right. He's definitely the, you know. I mean, uh, Arthur was just brainwashed the entire time. Yeah. You know, so like. I started off being like, duh, the Daleks. But it's almost that whole thing where I can even understand where like the Doctor Who team would be like, maybe it is time to retire the Daleks because they're so evil Mm -hmm. that there's almost like no conflict to the evilness. Right. Which is what makes evil interesting. It's kind of like why I like the Cybermen more than I like the Daleks, even though I still love the Daleks. Mm-hmm. But it's that whole thing where like when the Daleks show up, like duh, they're evil. Right. It's just what they are. And it's looking like at this point, like the people around them are some of the more interesting characters because it's how do you get influenced by that ultimate evil? Like something mm-hmm. that is one-minded, we're doing this thing, I don't actually care about you. They're dumb enough to follow mm-hmm. when all the flags are red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a whole row. It's of the red airport terminal of just red flags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it's the United Nations, but just red flags. Right. And then here go three blind mice. Just mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except that they can fully see their yeah, like, exactly. eyeholes cut out of their blindfolds, and they look look at all the red, pretty red flags. Right. But you could offer me, you know, a lot. You know. Right. So I actually agreed with you. I mean, it's late in the game, but like by episode six, I wrote like definitely it's going to be the scientist, and it's why earlier I said like mm-hmm. I don't like the trope of the evil scientist. Mm-hmm. I don't like the trope. Of the evil scientist. Mm -hmm. I don't mind an evil scientist Mm -hmm. because this was a really great example of, okay, so I also have to prerequisite this with, it also makes a huge difference that they're gentlemen scientists Mm -hmm. because the scientists of this era, this is very Darwin, Mm -hmm. you know, this is that era where like these people had the leisure time, right? When we were talking about Dorothy Parker earlier, these people had the leisure time to do this Mm -hmm. and men could do this. Right. 
you know, and so they would do random shit in their houses. And this is, and we've got a lot of good, we've got a lot of really interesting science from this era. Is it all ethical? Absolutely not. Is a lot mm. of it problematic? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think this is actually a really good snapshot into mm-hmm. what some of that was like. Right. And, and some of them were really fucking nuts. The world of the um, amateur scientist, mm-hmm. especially in that era, mm-hmm. is bonkers. And you get some people that made some really interesting discoveries like Darwin, even though he was still very um, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the whole thing is they were all real fucking weird. Right. And yeah, my only note on episode four was, ah, the alchemy loonies. Because alchemy's dumb but at the time it, it it was still dumb at the time like the people knew it wasn't a thing at that mm-hmm. point and it says a lot about the character is that especially because alchemy like the two options where you can turn lead into gold or you can find the elixir of life mm-hmm. and the elixir of life comes with its own set of problems somebody who wants to live forever but a right. lot of those people are like start the path by trying to save somebody mm-hmm. and then it turns into a problem right but like you know this is just out and out greed mm-hmm. there you know yeah yeah he was pretty awful he was awful he was fucking just, awful and just kept turning just kept doing it yeah like he was seeing and never were- like they wrapped him in the red flag and he went this is very nice of you so right. when will you tell me right exactly how to add more so fuck protons them and neutrons fuck them now that we're done with yeah. them like uh where is what yeah, we but agree. where but you know right like we had a deal yeah you didn't get that in writing did you no <laughs> no no he evil and dumb right so I kind of agree I think I'm gonna give it to Maxwell too mm-hmm. so what do you give him in terms of bad guy score I'm gonna give him a nine <clears throat> I know because of what we just discussed that he saw the red flags and continued. I almost want to score him lower for exactly the same reason because mm-hmm. it means that he's not actually the problem. Is he not the problem? He's he the problem the for everybody flags? in the room. He's the problem for everybody in the room, but the Daleks are still his masters and overlords through it. But a- he's enabling them. A hundred percent, but I don't think that he's necessarily so dangerous because the Daleks are channeling through him. Like, I think he's the bad guy of the story. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but I think that the Daleks, because they have so much more power than him, but I'm not the Daleks who else. Well, sure. I mean, like, he's like still like a vector, but mm-hmm. by himself, he's just looking for another Dalek mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and willing to believe any lie that's being told to him, mm-hmm. which means that he's very valuable for the Daleks. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, no, that's why he's We're dangerous. Yep, yep, yep. We're getting there. Thanks. We just had to walk yeah. me to the finish line. Like, yeah. That, I don't know if I can give dangerous. him a nine. I, I'm not, a nine is, feels high for me. Because mm-hmm. like I, what I was walking up from was like a seven. So mm-hmm. I wasn't about to go for like a under five <laughs> score here. But because he is so moldable mm-hmm. for the bad guy, mm-hmm. like no matter who that was going to be, anybody mm-hmm. that had promised mm-hmm. him that mm-hmm. – I'll give him, I'll give him an eight. Okay. And okay. he's a fucking gentleman scientist and they were the worst. Like okay. really just yeah, fucking annoying. Just fucking terrible. I mean, but also some of the best, but he falls into the worst category. The worst category. Not yeah. one of the best. For sure. Ben Franklin can be considered a gentleman scientist. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very strange. He was a very strange man. I mean. But discovered a lot of really important shit. Mm-hmm. Because he had free time. Whatever. It's fine. Let's talk about the story. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about the story as a whole? Mm-hmm. Like I said, it wasn't not a favorite, you know, it wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't a spectacular episode. I think Mm -hmm. just the value that it brings here is Mm -hmm. the fact that it's the the end of the Daleks for now. It's the wrapping up of it. Mm -hmm. Besides that, it was entertaining. Yeah. You know, but I think the more, the thing that would push it over the edge for me is the fact that it is. The, the attempt to wrap the Daleks up in a bow and just yeah. put them away. I liked the whole American Ninja Warrior human showdown that mm-hmm. Jamie went through. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked that part. I thought that was a lot of, I thought that was like fun for them to put in like a proper action sequence because mm-hmm. we haven't, when we've had action sequences, they've all been like 
a sword fight in the gladiatorial arena kind of thing. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the Aztecs, we had a sword fight. Mm-hmm. It's always been like a grappling or a, a sword sub, fight. Yeah, and this was like thing. a whole episode of Jamie just kind of mm-hmm. getting to be a badass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I did really like that. Mm-hmm. I'm also a really... I know I just like super dragged on gentlemen scientists, but I really dig the Victorian era mm-hmm. because it's this right around the turn of the industrial revolution mm-hmm. where we go from this like where England mm-hmm. and the European systems mm-hmm. are going through that whole change of like a very faith-based system to mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. And it's where we get things like seances mm-hmm. and what this is where people started trying to measure like one of my favorite studies from this time period is mm-hmm. like somebody's dying mm-hmm. of whatever kind of causes mm-hmm. and they like are weighing them mm-hmm. and then they weigh them immediately after they die mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. try and figure out what is the mass of the soul right and so that's the kind of shit we're doing right now where it's like the body is still sacred so we can't necessarily like study it mm-hmm. and so scientists are grave robbing like criminal prisons and like that kind of shit just to be able to figure stuff out so that we can save some lives right and so it's all and it's so the victorian era for science is fascinating mm-hmm. in its complexity and all of that so so i do like anything set in the victorian era i'm a big big victorian era fan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and then we do have to kind of like talk about Kemmel. Mm-hmm. um he automatically has to be f- not from there he has yeah. to be foreign mm-hmm. right and you have to dumb it down for him you know and I did not appreciate that. And the yeah. fact that he had to be silent and the fact that it goes with the really racist idea of like the black men, black people have mm-hmm. this innate strength and like yes. you can wear them down and they, you know, like the whole mentality of why black people became slaves, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was thought that this is what, you know, they were made for mm-hmm. in a sense, mm-hmm. right? And just seeing that representation come out in how, uh, Kemmel's character was portrayed, yeah. how people interacted with that character. Mm-hmm. And even just our first introduction to him, yeah. you know, was the the proof of strength. Well, and especially because, like, he's from Trinidad, he's and he's supposed to be Turkish in this. Right. So he would have been, like, he would have been a Turkish Arabic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and so we're just not even, and it's kind of why I pointed out in his, like, bio that he's also played the Nubian. Mm-hmm. And just the, we don't give a fuck about where you're supposed to be from. You're not white. We're just lumping you in. Like you're not, basically you're not Asian and you're not white. You're everything So you're else. from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. of the other places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, it was pretty rough watching that. I, I think it's for the time and what it was and all of that. Like it was more, it was, because of Jamie, mm-hmm. it was more critical mm-hmm. of the whole thing than I anticipated it mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. but it was still pretty tough mm-hmm. especially because they just kicked it all in the ass by killing him off at the end and having nobody give two fucks right about his loss and he was by far the most good character mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of this group you mm-hmm. know like he really like really loved victoria like mm-hmm. really cared for her really thought he had an ally in her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know maybe he did but but She's, also her goodbye of like, no, oh. oh, it's like when you say goodbye to your favorite slipper. Oh, not your favorite slipper. No, that's how it felt because yeah. it was like even her whole like, I'm going to protect you when like, bitch, we literally were introduced yeah. to him bending a fucking metal rod with his neck. Yeah. What are that you whole display. going to do? Ah, that, thank you for reminding me. I was, there was, thank you for reminding like, me of that. What are you going to do yeah, about I have a whole this. note in here about this. It felt very Barnum and Bailey's. Very, and it felt like, it, it felt like that. And it also just reminded me very much of just the most recent, you know, like I've told you about, like how Gone with the Wind used to be one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies. And then yeah. I've like, I watched it again and I've rewatched it and it's just like so problematic in so many ways. It kind of felt like that, like how, you know, they were part of the family, you know, the mm-hmm. servants are part of the family yeah, right. until you crossed the line, yeah. until you didn't curtsy the way that you're supposed to curtsy, right. you know, it's it very much a reminder of how, uh, n- you know, black and brown bodies are more seen as a property value, right. as an object mm-hmm. versus being actual human lives, human beings. Yeah, 
he, that was that whole situation with him was was and felt very oddly glaring in the middle of everything we've watched. I don't mm-hmm. think we've really seen there hasn't been really many moments that were quite this mm-hmm. blatant. Right. And then even just like the musical beats that went with right. it, like they right. enhanced the right. dumb racism of it right with the music the fucking music was awful awful mm-hmm. awful yeah that was <sighs> but the other pretty terrible character in this that was the very random useless side characters that we had mm-hmm. and the one lady that did nothing no point to her other than to say like oh this was her mom which right like the whole thing about the portrait <laughs> was still bonkers right but then there was also the fiance that was just 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 out here just doing just the knocking most. people out and just, like the most for no reason for nothing <laughs> i mean he was obviously, i mean he like, was brainwashed, brainwashed but, like, but yeah. still like but still it was so random you know and again i do like that because we were in the victorian era we had a lot of that victorian science mesmerism mm-hmm. um i even read in um one of the books that i, I read for the show mm-hmm. um, a discussion of the portrait mm-hmm. because they made such a fucking big deal about it mm-hmm. that Especially because if you look at the fact that Max, it's Maxtable's house, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Waterford, Waterfield is not related to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so she's mm-hmm. not related in, she's, she's the wife of Waterfield, right? Why does Maxtable have her goddamn portrait ten thousand dollar portrait right above the fireplace in the sitting room in the main drawing room weird. Maybe he secretly loved her. Well, so in, you know, the Victorian era's shit. Well, right. <laughs> so one of the things that I like, and I'm totally subscribing to because hand ca- head mm-hmm. accepted, mm-hmm. is it's very seancey. Mm-hmm. So if we're already looking into things like alchemy, mm-hmm. makes sense, right? We're talking about mesmerism. The mm-hmm. fiance was mesmerized. Mm-hmm. Seance goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. That's a part of all of this. And mm-hmm. you would have, it's very, you know, put a round table in there underneath that portrait. And maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to talk to Waterfield's dead wife. And that's how these two got in the same boat together in the first place. Mm-hmm. Is because they're in all of these like phantasmagoric sciences. Right, 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 right. Paranormal. Right. The spirit. Um, and especially, you know, even today it's a big deal. Right. You know, those shows are very popular that right. like, you know, that kind of thing, like go explore the old hospital and like get your back scratched. I don't know why. Nope. <laughs> like, I'll, like buy a back I'm scratcher from Amazon. Like, that's fine. That. Yeah, no, no absolutely, absolutely not. not. Not happening. Mm-mm. But this is when, this is right when we're like, um, so for in the Victorian era, the, so the Civil War technically happened in the Victorian era, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Abe Lincoln is a Victorian, just an American Victorian. Okay. And his wife spent the rest of her life trying to reach their son that died in like childhood. Childhood mm-hmm. being like 15 or something like that. Todd. Mm-hmm. I think it was Todd. Held seances like once a week oh, wow. to try and like reach him. And Abe, once he left, like, so it is a very, seances were taken very seriously Mm -hmm. at this time Mm -hmm. with lots of charlatans and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. And so I did like that, that they explored the different aspects of the Victorian sciences Mm -hmm. that we don't accept today. Uh, So I I did like that they added that in there um, because I think it's an interesting approach to science fiction. Mm -hmm. I always like, like, what if seances were real what if Mm -hmm. mesmerism was real what Mm -hmm. if alchemy was real what Mm -hmm. if you could just shove some protons and neutrons and change Mm -hmm. lead into gold you know that would it's that's totally different world right so i like those kind of thought games Mm -hmm. at some point somebody said something to the effect of positronic brain full of virtues and i just liked that sentence Mm -hmm. i think that's a a great cluster of words Mm -hmm. Oh, I liked the Dalek plan of spreading the Dalek factor through all of human history with like an aerosol can. <laughs> that was great. I, we all know here on Doctor Who on the Rocks, I love some bad science fiction. I love stupid you did shit. Try. I, this one I couldn't get past. This is this is the Daleks um, emptying out the core of the Earth to turn into a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Where like that's just you didn't have to turn into an aerosol kit. You could have spread it throughout human history and right. just like mumbled under your breath a reason why. Like you didn't have to tell us how you were gonna do it because that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even my notes are like thoughts are transferred into steam. Oh fuck that! I don't think I have to go into why that's not happening. Nope. Nope. 
I don't even know how to explain how that's not happening. There was one point in ep- in the last episode where the doctor wasn't in the room. And so it was only 18th to 19th century characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting where mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was just literally a pure historical where we had our characters, Victoria and Jamie were in the room. Right. And, and so you had the science fiction element still there mm-hmm. because as the doctor, as the Daleks pointed out, Jamie's not apparently human anymore because he's traveled through space and time. And so that like changes him. Right. Which I'm interested to see I'm if they'll ever follow see. up right. on that mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about it overall? Meh. Meh. Yeah. What do you give it? Mood of seven. It's not terrible. It's not great. Mm-hmm. I think it deserves a little bit more than a five. I think it's because, I think what's boosting it up for me is because it's supposed to be like the wraparound episode for the Daleks. But that's it. Yeah, so I would have given it like a 6.5, mm-hmm. but I'm taking off two for Kemmel. Mm. Oh, oh, you know what? No, yeah. He, and then I'm taking a- off a full point for having an evil scientist trope, even though I think it wasn't necessarily not well executed. How many have we had this season? Yeah, I'm going to do it a four. Yeah, so you're going to do a four. I'm doing a 3.5. Camel. Yeah, <laughs> Camel takes the... Just unbelievable. Yeah. But you know what? None of that really matters. The only thing that truly matters is, was this story neat or not? No. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Is this the foundation of a neat character? Maybe. We'll find out. Was this episode neat? No. Not fam. It could have been, but no. Mm-mm. Negative ghostwriter. So that brings us to the end of The Evil of the Daleks. It also brings us to the end. <laughs> it also brings us to the end of season four. Season four. See you out the door. Can you believe you've made it this far, Jen? Nope. In two weeks, we are going to be trying out all the whiskeys. Oh, fuck. That's right. Of a season of women and whiskey, which as Ooh. we sit here at the end, my brain goes. This was a bitter one. Fuck. I am I don't not know I necessarily tell. excited for next week. Yeah. I don't know if I can. I'm I don't know if I'll tell. be able to tell because so many of them were like not great. You're right. Right. Like we, we had a run of ones that we did not like. Right. So I'm not necessarily. And I'm already just like shoulder shrug. I'm not going to know the difference in them because I can barely remember what we've tasted this week. Right. This season has been very drawn out. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had a lot of, um breaks for you know we are humans and have lives mm-hmm. reasons exactly. um and and so i don't even i barely even remember what we started with so it'll be interesting next week mm-hmm. it'll be more almost even like more of a true blind taste test mm-hmm. because i will have no memory mm-hmm. okay so i won't be able to match them but yeah, it'll yeah. be at least a true blind where i won't remember which ones taste bad same because i feel like they all taste bad. it was actually really good in this caramel coffee you see so there we go all right so for this week that's it for right now. Bye. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And we super appreciate every single one of y'all's support. <laughs> we like you a lot. We think you're really cool and we appreciate you a whole ton. And if you have any questions, comments, or whiskey recommendations, you can find us on Instagram at Doctor Who underscore on the rocks. Or if you're old fashioned like me, you can email us at media on the rocks pod at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, or leave us a review or like smoke signals or whatever you can do to help us. Paper airplanes are cool. <laughs> yeah, you can. Send us a message in a bottle. Uh, hot air balloon with like a banner behind it. Whatever you... Oh, one of those uh, fireworks with a message. Ooh, a, dr- a drone display. A drone display. Advertising. That, uh, that would be cool too. Anyway, or just tell a friend. Yeah. That would That's actually be the easiest Easier one. and cheapest. <laughs> easiest and cheapest. It would just be to tell a friend. Um, but anyway, you want to reach out. We love hearing from you. And we thank you for listening every other week and we'll see you in two weeks bye cheers